What's up guys, Will from RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com Coming at you today to talk about 10 reasons why the stock market won't make you rich. And this is coming from someone who has been a professional trader for, I was for almost four years in my early 20s. At one point I was making a lot of money. You can read more about that in my article on everything you need to know about equities trading or the video or the audio, however way you want it. But not only was I a trader, but for the first couple of years, I would spend almost every night at the library studying and reading about um, investment and trading because there was a point where I was convinced that I was going to be able to start a hedge fund. Um, that didn't work out, unfortunately, but I learned an absolute ton about um trading and investing and I'm going to break that down for you guys on why you the average person is not going to get rich on the stock market and chances are you're actually going to lose money if you are an active trader if you're investing okay you can make a decent return but it's not going to make you rich you know your two three four thousand dollars of savings or even your ten twenty thousand dollars of savings is not going to make you you know, you're not going to get rich off that. And I want to break down for you exactly how that works. So, number one, inflation. Inflation is really just the expansion of the money supply. So the government and actually the, the I'd say the Federal Reserve, a private company, just prints more money because money is not tied to gold anymore. It's not, it's not tied to anything. There is nothing stopping them from printing more money and when supply goes up the money supply goes up value goes down standard economics right and the average inflation the average rate of inflation is about three percent so every year you're losing three percent of your savings because of financial manipulation it's it's a horrendous system when you understand you know federal reserve and, and the central banking system where they loan money to the government. They create money out of thin air, loan it to the government, and the government has to pay it back to them at interest. And the way they pay it back is taxes and selling government bonds. It's it's horrendously stupid and impossible for any government to pay back their central bank, which is why the, the U.S. is $19 trillion in debt and counting. But that's another story. At the end of the day, inflation is a hidden tax, and that's one of the worst... It's one of the worst taxes there is. You know, 3% a year inflation, 10 years from now, your savings are going to be worth 30% less than they are now. So every year, if you are investing and trying to, um, you know, build your nest egg, you're already starting at a 3 4% deficit. Number two, capital gains taxes. So... Capital gains, for those of you guys who don't know, are taxes that are applied to any profit that you make on an investment or a trade. Uh, cap gains can range from, you know, percentage of your ordinary income tax bracket all the way to the entirety of your income tax bracket, depending on how long, um, you know, the duration of the investment and your annual income in the country of residence. And on average, cap gains will take. 10 to 15 percent of your return of your return so on the money that you've already been taxed for 
when you invest it and you make a profit, you are retaxed on the profit that you make. So when, I mean, when you really break this down, there are just so many, the government has so many hands in your pocket. And, you know, when you think you're living in this free society, it's really a joke, guys. But at the end of the day, the cap gains is a great way to help you not become rich in the market. As you can see, when I'm breaking these these numbers down for you, there are so many things working against you getting rich. It's it's no coincidence that you know America's is uh, destroying itself right now because prior to the you know the the 20th century, there there was no income tax, and in that hundred year period, America became the wealthiest country in the history of the world just because. They had no predatory government, you know, um, reaching into their pocket with, you know, at the end of a rifle butt. But now these are factors that you got to worry about. And, you know, it's a lot harder to get rich off the market and, and, and to get rich off your investments than it was um, at one point in time. Number three, MER. So... It's for mutual funds if you're investing in funds. Basically, mutual funds are composed of stocks picked by an advisor that attempt to beat the S&P 500. The S&P 500, for those of you guys who are new to this, is basically the benchmark of the top biggest and best 500 American stocks. And it's changing every year to reflect, um, you know, changing market caps and, and things like that. The majority of the funds out there actually underperformed the S&P. And I worked at a mutual fund company prior to becoming a trader in the e-business department. And part of what I had to do was, you know, all this work on the site and going through, you could see how much every fund returned. And what the company would do is they would take off, they would take off the underperforming funds off the site. Because no one wanted to see negative seven, negative eight percent when the market's doing something like five percent. Um, the average fund was only doing like three, four, five percent, where at that point the S and P was returning like eight. And this is this is a fact across the board. Uh, the majority of funds underperform the S and P. And by the way, guys, you can buy the S and P five hundred index. You can buy it as. Um, you know, as an index fund, you can buy it as as um, a spot the spiders, which is actually it's a it trades like a stock that is um, linked to the the value of the S and P. So you've got a couple ways where you can buy that. But when you buy a fund, nine times out of ten, it's going to unperform the market because the guy doesn't know the guy who's running it doesn't know where the market's going. No one does. No matter how smart he is, he could have graduated from Wharton School of Business with honors. It doesn't matter. That it's it's he's gambling and he's and and if he if he has a different portfolio than the top five hundred stocks, thinking that he can beat the market, nine times out of ten he's not going to be able to do it. Because he doesn't fucking know where it's going. And when it comes to MER management expense ratio a lot of the time they, they're going to charge you 2.5% just for the privilege of, of 
mismanaging your money. The, the fund company that I worked for, it was 2% flat rate across the board, whether they made money or not. And this wasn't out of, the, this wasn't out of your profit. This was straight across the board, 2, 2.5% of the assets you had under management. Um, or sorry, the assets you had under management, 2.5% of that was taken from you every year. So you had the 3.5, 3%... Uh, inflation rate, and then you had another 2.5% taken from the mutual fund company. So you'd have to earn 5.5% just to break even by investing in one of these pieces of shit, okay? And a lot of the time, these guys are going to charge you front-end loading fees and back-end loading fees. So that means they'll charge you a fee to come on board, something like, I don't know, 1%, 2 3%, and then they charge you, they'll charge you something on the back-end. So a lot of these things are hidden from the average investor and, and the average investor only looks at what, what their fund did. You know, they get the prospectus at the end of the year and they look at, oh, okay, my fund did 6%. That's great. And they go to the dinner party and they brag about, you know, I'm, I'm with this great mutual fund company. We've been returning 6%, you know, every year, but they don't realize that the market might, might've done 12% that year. You know, it's amazing how people invest their money without, you know, any kind of thorough objective analysis. They just, they, they sit down with a financial advisor. He seems like a respectable white person in a suit and they say, all right, here's my savings. You know, you've got a, you've got a big office and this is a very respectable looking company. And, and these guys, these are the ones who are going to take care of my money. But the guy you're sitting down with is a fucking salesman. Hands down, our biggest department in my fund company was marketing. Marketing had two floors where every other company or where every other department had maybe half a floor, okay? Because these are sales organizations. That's how a mutual fund company survives. Number four, trading fees and slippage. This is for the active trader. And active trading on your own is the fastest way to lose money. Um, you can have a better look at this on my equities trading article where I really get into depth on trading specifically. But basically, if you're trading on your own, you're going to have way higher fees than, than the average professional trader. The prop trading company that I worked for, at one point, you know, we were making, you know, it was like a cent or two um, per trade. You know, per 100, 200 share lots, we're paying like, two or three cents. So it was, you know, incredible, incredible, um, fees that, that we were paying. That was because our company had this massive amount of leverage with the clearinghouse and we were doing massive volume so they could negotiate these incredible rates with the exchanges. However, the average guy on E-Trade, you know, 10, 12, $20 a trade, horrendous trading fees. And then you've got slippage. So let's say you're, You've got a trading system that you're operating on and, and you've back tested it for the last three years and it's looking good. It's doing 20% a year. But when you actually put it into practice, when you go and buy, when you go and try and buy the stock, you're going to get the stock at, you know, 20, 30 cents away from where you want it a lot of the time. And then when you sell the stock, you're going to get a 20, 30 cents away from where you want it because, you know, you've, you've got to buy from the offer and, you, and you've got to sell to the bid. A lot of the time, if, if, if you want to get out exactly where 
your stop loss is going. So on the way in, the way out, you lose you lose a certain amount of your trade. And if you're trading in like a tight range, you know, 20, 30 cents in and out is going to cost you a lot of money. If you're if you're on like a three, four year um, cycle where you're holding stocks for a longer period, it's going to be negligible. But you know, if you're doing swing trading or you're you know you're changing positions every week or every three days, those um, that slippage is going to add up in a major way. After I after I quit day trading, I had um, a system that was. You know, a swing trading system that would have made me a decent amount of money, but in practice, I, I was getting lit up on on twenty, thirty cents each way. I wasn't able to get the fills that I used to get as a day trader. You know, e trade it, it was just a terrible sit- setup, and the slippage and the trading fees killed that particular system. So when you're looking on your charts, the system that you see and that that you that you've built out, I mean, you're going to have to take away. 30, 40 cents off off every trade if you want to make that a realistic system and you're going to have to include the trading fees and that, that really works against you. Number five, carrying cost of leverage. So leverage is the credit extended to you from, from your brokerage house and unless you're already wealthy, not only will you be not, not extended very much credit, but you're going to have to pay um, you have, you're gonna have to pay the cost of the interest on that. When I was a prop trader, my the company that I worked for handled all of the all the leverage. I didn't have to put up any cash. You know, I just had to pay them forty to sixty percent of what I made, and they and they had uh, you know massive leverage with the clearinghouse. I was able to get upwards of I had three three million dollars in buying power to play with play with every day by by the end of my run and I didn't have to pay a dime of of carrying costs on that the company would handle it but for you um, for you average traders you're gonna have to pay that and when you're when the market's moving against you and you're and you're getting lit up that's when the the broker calls start coming so you know you're gonna have to pay for the leverage and then and then you're gonna get calls from your broker when when it's the absolute worst worst possible time when when your portfolio or, or whatever you're trading is is getting beaten that's when that's when you're gonna get calls to pay up for that so you got to deal with that as a factor number six financial advisors uh, these guys used to be called stockbrokers really they're just salesmen and I've worked in financial sales before their job is to make your money theirs that's it Okay, that's all these guys care about, and you can read about Goldman Sachs. They refer to their clients as muppets. They, you know, they're they're referred to as the vampire squid. You know, jamming its relentlessly jamming its tentacle in anything that smells like money. There's a great quote from Matt Taibbi of, of Rolling Stone on on how these guys operate, and it's true. This is how it this is how it actually is. And I worked in financial sales, and I was I was shocked after I got out of trading. I was a corporate currency broker, and I was shocked at the way that guys treated their clients. And they would they would be laughing about how stupid their client was, and that they took three to four percent on the deal. And they would post the numbers up on the board, and everyone would cheer like it was it was 
madness to me. The, the, their interests are not only not aligned with yours, they are directly against your interests, okay? Because they're just trying to take as much off the transaction as possible. If they make you money, terrific. That's just an added bonus because that keeps you with them longer. But at the end of the day, their job is just to keep as much of your money as possible and to get as, as much in commissions from you as possible, okay? Understand that and understand that these guys are salesmen and whatever comes out of their fucking mouths is just to keep your money. Understand that, you know, on a granular level. Number seven, you lack skill. The best investors of the 20th century, Warren Buffett and George Soros, have only averaged a 20% rate of return per year. 20%, guys. I mean, that is not a whole lot when you think about it. Now, if, if you are an investor with George Soros and you put $10 million into his fund 30 years ago, yeah, 20% is going to have made you a fucking fortune. But for you, the average guy with 5000 maybe $7,000 that you're trying to play with, 20% is not a whole lot. I mean, you'd be comfortable in your 50s, that's for sure, but but as a 20-year-old guy or a 30-year-old guy, it's not going to get you rich and it's anytime soon. And you are not going to do 20%. Okay, These are the best in the world, the smartest, best minds in the world. To think that you can do better than that or to even match that over a 30 or 40 year period is just not going to happen, guys. Stock picking is gambling and you are playing against the, the best in the world. And if you're actively trading, you're most likely going to lose money. And you know if you're passively investing 8%, if you do 8% in the next 20, 30 years, you've done fantastic. Okay, So you lack skill. To get even what the the modest returns that these guys get is probably not going to be possible for you, and that's just the reality of it. And I don't care if you're, I don't care how smart you are, okay. When you, when you really delve into the market, it will humble you. For the first year of trading, I just got my ass handed to me every single day. I came in thinking I was a smart guy, and I I left realizing I don't know a fucking thing about where the market's going to go. And really the way that I made money was just punching out of my losers faster than most people and holding on to my winners longer. But, you know, I could predict maybe where the market was going for the next 10 seconds, 50% of the time. And I just punched out of when it didn't move the way that I wanted to, I would punch out quicker than the average person. And, and that, that, that was how I made money. And even then, it didn't last forever. No one I know is still trading today. So, guys, this is a real thing. Do not ever think that you're smarter than the market and, and be humble about it, okay? You're, you're not going to do 20%. Number eight, bond returns are usually worthless. So, a bond is a loan given to a, com- a corporation or a government in exchange for repayment with interest. Government bonds are the safest investment vehicle usually. Although with that said, I don't know how safe US government bonds are gonna be within the next 20 years, you, you know, with, with 19 trillion in debt already. But in theory, they are the safest um, type of investment. 
provincial or corporate bonds will give you a slightly higher rating. And there are some good medium return bond funds that will do like 6%. If, you, if you're if you familiar with MJ DeMarco from of the Millionaire Fastlane, which is the best book on making money online from a guy who actually made money online, not just some kind of a fraud. He talks about building a money system, which is what he's done. I think he made something like $15 million when he sold his company in the early 2000s. And since then, he's he just invested in these medium return bond funds for that are doing like 6%. And he lives off of that, off of that return, which is... Fantastic when you have $15 million and he's a super smart guy. But for you guys, 6% a year is fucking worthless. Okay? If you're 21 and you've got your little $3,000 in savings and you've been reading all your trading and investment books, <laughs> you know, like that's that's going to be, what, $180 a year? I mean, garbage money. Garbage. So that is not going to get you rich. I mean... 30 years in, if you're continually reinvesting your profits and you actually make it to 60 years old, which only uh, five out of six people do, then you know, you'll have got a nice, a nice chunk of change, but it's not going to make you rich. So bond returns, if you're thinking, okay, the stock market, maybe not the place, bond returns aren't going to be any better. Number nine, lack of information. You're an outside investor, so you're not going to have anywhere near the depth of information that a top-level manager does. And this goes along with lack of skill. So the guys who are doing 20%, you're not going to have anywhere near the connections and the information that they do. So most of these guys, especially the guys who run hedge funds, they're, they're into corporate espionage and they have broker-first calls and they act on legal and illegal inside information on public companies that you don't have any chance of getting, 0%. These guys know the news before it hits the press, and that's just not going to be available to you guys. So that's another thing that you're working against. And finally, and this is perhaps the most important one, is lack of OPM, otherwise known as other people's money. The way that I made 200000 in three months in the market was um, I had $3 million in buying power from my company. My company was founded by these guys who made you know, $20, 30000000 in online porn in the late 90s, early 2000s. They started up a day trading company and they took that 20 or $30 million and put it with a one of the major clearing houses and got I mean they must have had 200 million in in credit extended to them because they were really good with their risk management controls we had a shutdown every day that would log us off if we lost too much money so 3 million might sound like a lot and might sound quite risky but it wasn't because if I lost too much money I was I was cut down and that's how I had access to opium and in return I gave them 50% of what I made Fantastic deal on both sides. However, those those types of companies don't really exist much anymore. And uh, for you uh, as a as a trader on your own, you're not going to get access to anywhere near that kind of opium. And you know, when you look at Warren Buffett and you look at George Soros, yes, those guys are fantastic investors and they did twenty percent a year, but they would not be billionaires 
if they didn't have investment, okay? Their 20% return is a product. Think of it that way. And their product is, I have, I return 12% better than the market does. And for someone with 10, 20, 30, 50 million dollars, that is incredibly valuable product. And they will dump a large chunk of their money in to invest with one of these guys. So they're able to, their return is their calling card, is their way to um, get that investment. But you're not going to have any way of getting other people's money. You'll be able to get a small amount of money from your online brokerage house, like E-Trade or whatever, but that's not going to make you rich, okay? Unless you can get find a situation like I did, you know, a prop trading company that, that's going to that's gonna give you 50000 a 100000 one million, two million, ten million dollars in in buying power and leverage, then you're just not gonna make real money. Okay. At the end of the day, those are the ten reasons why you're not gonna get rich on the stock market. But let's say you want to invest. I mean, if you're thinking about investment, you're especially if you're a young dude, your mind's already in the right place. So, what should you invest in instead? Here's what I'll tell you. If you're still set on investing your money and you really want to invest in the stock market, you can get, you know, on average, the market's, the market's returned 8% over the last 100 years. That's decent. In fact, it's, it's more than decent. Combined with compound interest and reinvesting your profits, you know, dollar cost averaging, you can make good money over a 25, 30-year period, assuming you can hold it through you know, the market crashes of every decade and, you know, you might have to hold it through three, four, five, six, seven, eight down years in a row to be able to get that profit when you're 50 or whatever, okay? You can't just punch out when you're taking a loss. If, if, you, are, if you are committed to that index fund, long-term investing, that's a 30-year investment no matter what. And your dollar cost averaging in every year. That can make you some pretty comfortable money 30 years from now. Is it going to make you rich now? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Your $1,000 a year that you're reinvesting or $5,000 or $8,000 a year is not going to make you rich um, because of the factors that I outlined above. And at this point in time, you have to think how long can America survive at Nineteen trillion dollars in counting. When are the Chinese, who own a lot of American government bonds, going to say, "Look, we're not buying these things anymore, and we want our we want our money back"? Like, how much longer is that going to go on? I don't know. Um, is America's best moments behind them? Probably. Um, now you can invest in another country. You could invest in China. You can invest in a worldwide index. It's up to you, but at the end of the day, the best way to do it is you take an index like the S&P 500 and you either buy the, you buy the index fund from, I can get one from my bank for, for an MER of like 0.37%, so it's a really low MER because it's passively managed, and you can buy it that way or you can buy the spiders, which is which is a stock, which trades like a stock based off of the S&P 500. It's up to you. 
But this is not an active trading strategy. This is a buy and hold strategy. And the, the, the best timeline for a buy and hold strategy is forever. So you've got to assume that you're going to make it to 60, which only five out of six people do. And, and you know, it's kind of like it, it goes along with the deferred life plan that we're sold, right? You know, work really hard until your 50s and 60s, and then you get to enjoy your golden years. I'm doing air quotes here. You know, when you've got everything paid off and and investing goes along with that. With that said, index fund investing, I definitely, I definitely support it, but it's not going to get you rich now. What you should invest in, in, in my opinion, is yourself and invest in your business. Okay. If you look at my article on how to start a business that doesn't fail, I'm talking about um, starting a service-based business. A service-based business, you can do a thousand percent return in your first year. My return off blogging is absolutely insane. My first book that I launched cost me $500 to prepare, to get the editing done and to get the graphics done. Within a day, I made my money back. Within one day. And I don't even know what my return is at the end of the year on that, but I wrote it. My first book, How to Get Laid on Tinder, I wrote that last year, and every month it's been making me money, right? My, my, my costs are $270 per month, $170 for hosting, and $100 for the checkout service that I use to sell my books. That's it. And, you know, my books cost have cost me a total of $1,000 to make, but they literally, I'm, I, was, I literally got a 100% return within the day of the launch of each of those books. There's no way in hell that I could ever top, come close to topping that um, in investing in the market because when you invest in a public company, the massive returns are already gone. The massive returns happened before the company went public. The, the massive returns in Microsoft happened prior to going public. That's how they were able to generate the money to go public because they had these massive, massive returns. So if you want to get the massive returns, you have to get in before everyone starts dumping their money in there. You have to get into the ground floor. And the only way to do that is to start your own business. When you look at the top 20 guys on Forbes, they're all business owners, okay? And even the George Soros and the Warren Buffetts, like I said, they didn't get rich investing. They got rich by selling a better service than their competitors as a businessman, okay? They got outside investment and they got other people's money as a business owner. That's how they really got rich is by owning the business. So if you really wanna get rich, own your own business. Look at Mark Zuckerberg, right? Smart as that guy is, would he be able to have done a billion dollars by 25 if he was day trading or if he was in, not even close? Guys, I'm telling you, you can do $70,000 within your first year of a service-based business. If you're selling insurance, you're selling real estate, fuck, you could sell shoveling driveways. And if you're making the 300, 400, 500 cold calls a day that you should be and you're pounding the pavement, you can do that. And you can do that on a $1,000 investment. You can do that on 
you get $500 for your industry designation and then you're paying another $40 a month for your internet and phone connection. And that's all you fucking need. Maybe some gas money. Okay? You can return $70,000 on your $1,000 investment in yourself. So, firstly, I say invest in yourself. If you don't have your own business, fuck investing. Okay? You got to get that going. Get away from the job. Start making your own money and then reinvesting that into your own business. Then, if and only then, is when you take that surplus capital. And, like, I feel like you should really only be investing when you can't put that money anywhere. Like when you can't dump that money back into your business. For me, I can, I can dump money back into my business all day. You know, if I could dump $10,000 back into um, my business and do a bunch of high quality videos to sell for a product. You know, I would only invest, I would only look at the index fund investing once you've maxed out all the money that you can dump back into your business. Because that's gonna be the biggest return that you get. Your, your business can get you a 1,000% return, a fucking 10,000% return. I mean, the market is 20% at best, guys, at fucking best. That's garbage. That's not gonna make you rich. You know, and who fucking cares about being rich in your 60s? That's not even a guarantee that you're gonna make it that far. And you're, you're going to be old and you know that that to me is not motivation okay you want to get rich within the next five ten years you gotta have a business that's it guys as always i want to thank you for listening and i wish you all the best